I would never, ever, ever drink out of a toilet bowl. Or would I? And there's a cost to going back to those spaces that we, we swore we would never go back to. But there's an enemy who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's luring us back into those places of consuming things that were polluting our mind, our heart, and our body. He wants so desperately to convince us that the desires, the longings in our heart for connection will be satisfied with his strategies, only they lead to death. Today I'm going to talk about what is the critical part of facing this standing versus falling and what that in-between conversation of take heed or watch yourself, be careful, can look like in our recovery journey. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics, all centered around the Beatitudes and the Celebrate Recovery principles based on Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus helps us to be equipped to face those hurts that get us stuck and those negative core beliefs of how we see ourselves, God, and others, and even our circumstances that aren't the way God designed that ultimately lead to doing and practicing things that only confirm the nasty lies that we've been believing that lead to destruction and, and separation, disconnection from those closest to us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery, Fellowship Roger Celebrate Recovery. And and hey, welcome back. So glad that you're with us today. I hope you've uh, been making it through the holiday season okay and, and using the tools around you and, and practicing the recovery principles that we all learn through this process to not to behave, but to walk in, in righteousness, to walk in that freedom the way we all long for in our life. Um, I'm excited about uh, continuing the conversation. I, I talked about this on Friday night at Celebrate Recovery and uh, such an important topic that I thought I would continue the conversation uh, right here on this podcast. Maybe if you missed uh, Friday night, um, you know, maybe this will be a good uh, reinforcement from Friday night. But one of the passages, well, let me start with this. One of the key thoughts that that we unpacked in our Friday night discussion was that I'm either working on my recovery or I'm working on a relapse. Now, let me be clear. Sometimes that word working uh, can sound like we are manufacturing our recovery. Let me be clear that when we say working, it works. It, it, we always talk about keep coming back because it works if you work it, and it won't if you don't. Working it is ultimately taking the next right step, understanding who the source of our recovery, our power is, and that is Jesus Christ. He is our higher power. He is the only one, the source that can... Um, produce any ounce of fruit in us that power doesn't come to us it comes uh, excuse me power doesn't come from us it comes to us and works through us and that's at the very core of what we're talking about here today around the topic of relapse and there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 10:22 that says let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall and that's a passage you've heard us talk about 
Uh, if you go back and listen to the Escape Plan uh, series of podcasts we did, it's such an important thing because it's this, this bookend of standing and falling and that, that, that center point of take heed, watch yourself, be careful, is understanding that there's an enemy out there who, a thief, that he is, his whole job description is to try to steal, kill, and destroy your road to recovery, to steal the fruit that God is placing inside of you. And so he throws this lie at us that, that these cravings inside of you, um, he's going to satisfy them. They'll go away. If, in fact, if you just feed the craving more, it will go away. And in all actuality, all honesty, the more we feed the cravings, the more they increase. If I am struggling with lust, you think, well, I'm just going to satisfy the lust with images and and the, the unhealthy behaviors that come with that, and then I'll be good. I'll be satisfied. And what ends up happening, this is the cruel part of the enemy's uh, strategy, his mission statement, is it convinces us, just keep feeding it, and eventually you won't have those cravings. It's the feeding of that beast. It's the feeding of that empty uh, hole in our heart uh, that actually makes us sicker. And we begin, it's that whole adage of, of we crave what we eat and it's not good. <laughs> and when we satisfy the lusts of our body, now sometimes when we use the word lust, sometimes we automatically go to porn, um, sexual addiction, but it's so much more lust. We lust for success. We lust to be loved. We lust uh, to be accepted. We lust uh, for um, money. We lust for um you know, beating somebody out in a job or there's all kinds of different things and lust at the very core is trying to consume the very thing that's in front of me. So the enemy is, is in a cruel way, uh, trying to lure us in to, and ultimately increases the drive because he, he, he feeds us with this lie, just feed it with more of this. And it's not, it's apart from God. It's not of God. And it actually makes the drive increase for whatever that is, fill in the blank. And so at the very core, let me say this, that if you are new to recovery, uh, maybe you're in the middle of a relapse. The strategy that we're talking about here is actually the very same strategy, whether you're, um, whether you're in a relapse or you're trying to stay out of a relapse, the strategy is the same. It's the exact same thing. And so um, take heart and be encouraged that, that you can come back from a relapse. Now, we say it often that pain is inevitable, misery is optional, freedom is possible. You could also say that rock bottom is a choice. Misery is optional. A relapse is an option, but those aren't required. A relapse is not a requirement to recovery. It can be a part of it, but but get out of that mindset if you're in the mindset, well, this is just a part of it. I'm just going to relapse. Change your strategy that it's, that it's an option, but it's not a requirement. So what am I going to do today to keep myself out of this relapse mindset? And so at the very core of what we're talking about is staying connected to our power source God is our source. He is our source. He is the only one that can, can uh, help us 
satisfy the cravings in our heart, the longing for connection, the longing for sustainable recovery. He's the only one that can. That's why we do principle seven, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. This principle is a principle that you can practice no matter where you are in your recovery. That's what I love about it. There's nothing that can change us more than spending time with God. Obviously, the principles of celebrate recovery come from the word of God. And so we are applying God's word to our life. But feeding, self-feeding is such an important thing. So if you're not doing that, I want to encourage you to, even if it's, if you're not doing it at all, you can't do it for two hours. Um, That's unrealistic. Do it for five minutes. Imagine if you spent five minutes a day, and maybe it increases to 10 or 15 minutes. I don't think you ever want to get to where you're you're depending on two hours a day. If you can do that, good for you. But it's not about uh, quantity. It's about quality. Am I spending time with the Father? And so here's here's the reason why we do this. Um, and I gave this visual on Friday night when I was teaching this lesson on relapse. We all woke up today in a healthy spot, hopefully, you know, reasonably happy, you know, give or take. But the enemy is waiting. He's ready to, ready to kind of give us a feed us with a line of lies. Now, for me, some of those lies may be based on what's happening around me. Uh, you, you're not a very good dad. You're not a very good husband. Um, man, you're lazy, Rodney. Even resting, the enemy can feed some lies in my head. And that that voice can come in, and the temptation is um, to ignore them, right? I can't believe I'm believing these lies. How long have I been recovering? Gosh, I'm believing these lies again. And then temptation comes in because we're looking for comfort in the pain because to feel those lies feels painful and in our longings we want to find comfort so temptation comes in that's where the enemy swoops in and says hey i can satisfy this i can make the pain go away and so he tempts us with this and our our temptation in that we start feeling bad that we're even feeling tempted so we what do we do we white knuckle our way through it Right, And that, that's where the enemy wants us. And so instead of using the tools to go back to God, God, I'm feeling, I'm feeling blank and I, I feel wobbly. I need your help. Um, or reaching out to the people in recovery, we, we, we try to put a different strategy in, on the fly in place and it doesn't work. And so those lies and temptation... It, there is a way to go right back to the healthy space. We, we call someone out. We call God, God, this is what I'm believing. This is what I'm feeling. And I need to bring it to your attention. What do you say, Lord? What do you say? And then the brothers or sisters in Christ can say, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you what lies I'm believing. And then they can say and speak truth and say, hey, I'm sorry you're feeling that. Kind of catch you in that place. If you're on the receiving end of that, be careful to go quick to the solution. Connect with them. Hold them in that space. That sounds so hard. I'm so sorry. But then we, we want to get them to truth. And that's what helps us to go back to that healthy space. Because otherwise, if we white-knuckle our way through the lies and the white-knuckle our way through the temptation, we're going to find ourselves acting out. And that, you know, put whatever that is in that category. Um, is it... Is it drugs and alcohol? Is it pornography? Um, is it sexual addiction? Is it um, 
codependency or anger or rage or control or numbing out and checking out, pulling away, withdrawing from people, whatever that acting out looks like for you. When you're in a bad spot, what are your action tendencies? Be honest about that because the acting out will cause us then continuing that cycle to withdraw from our friends, uh, to withdraw from our family. And now we're in a bad spot. We begin to justify our behavior. And that's where we start blaming other people and, and excusing ourselves. We accuse and we excuse. And then ultimately we're in this place of uh, shame and guilt. And, and, and remember, shame is, is I'm bad versus I did something bad. And ultimately a place of hopelessness. And so uh, being real conscious of that, um, the lies and the temptation is learning. What do I do with that? And let me say this, uh, and I mentioned this Friday night, it bears repeating. If you're struggling with a mental health struggle, which there tends to be some um, kind of correlation, uh, they call it dual diagnosis, where we have a mental health struggle that's connected with the substance abuse uh, or however we're coping. If you struggle with anxiety, for example, and you, that's what brought you to recovery, maybe drinking, but, but you do struggle with anxiety, and you felt anxious today, please remove this from your vocabulary. I relapsed today because I felt anxious. I relapsed today because I felt depressed. That is not a relapse. It's not the mental health or mental illness that we're wrestling with that makes the relapse. It's what we do with it. This is why we, we tell people all the time, don't substitute the heart work. Do the heart work because when you feel anxious, what do you do with that? Do you run to your numbing agents? It's trying to do the heart work to return to the Father uh, because the lies the enemy will fill us with, if we don't invite somebody into that, we'll go to those old strategies and they ultimately start to slowly tear us down. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a meeting near you, come to Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers. We meet every single Friday night, 6 p.m., Connection Cafe meal, and then our our general meeting starts at 7 p.m. If you'd like more information, go to fellowshipcr.org. Come see us on Friday night on either campus, Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers. Celebrate recovery, fellowshipcr.org. We hope you'll join us this Friday night. Welcome back. Talking about just the, the we're working on a recovery or we're working on a relapse. And before the break, I was just making that disclaimer about mental health. Please don't shame yourself. That's a hard place to put yourself. So I, I want to unpack a little bit more on these stages of relapse. I talked about this on Friday night, but there's there's really two, uh, excuse me, three stages that happen in the recovery a relapse process. Now, some of our issues we cannot mark with sobriety or saying I relapsed. Um, it, but here's what I want you to think about. If, if I'm uh, coming in for anger, right? Anger is a God-given emotion, but when it becomes a weapon, now we're out of bounds. How do you know? What, what are your action tendencies when you have lapsed back into those unhealthy strategies that's, that's between you and God. You know what's unhealthy. That's what brought you into recovery to begin with. So what are the things that, that made you unhealthy? So 
that that's the that's the thing I want you to think about with this relapse because some some things it's hard to say. Well, I relapse with codependency. I think the tendency or the mindset needs to be I lapse back into my old unhealthy coping strategies with codependency. I became consumed with with people liking me and loving me at the expense of myself. And so I need to lean into that. So what is your what is your action tendencies for you listening right now? When you're in an unhealthy space, it'd be be worth taking some time to journal that out. Talk to your accountability partners. Talk to sponsors. Talk to other people that have like issues and see if you can narrow down what, what unhealth looks like for you. When you've lapsed or relapsed into old action tendencies. So I just want to make that note. But but there's three stages to this lapsing back into old action tendencies or relapsing into old coping mechanisms, numbing agents, etc. And the first one is we bottle our emotions. Uh, th- this is a place where we can get 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 a little bit comfortable with numbing. Right, we we get complacent, we start to isolate, we feel sad, or we we feel these emotions, but we don't feel it. We kind of shove it down, and ultimately those will come up sideways and come out sideways. So, so what we do is we bottle that down, and we get complacent, we get comfortable, and we start isolating. We stop doing the things that we know we should be doing. We're in a, a fairly decent place, but we just don't want to deal with it. So. We stop doing the the spending time with the Father and and putting our heart, you know, today I'm feeling blank. A lot of times in my journal, I'll write, today I feel blank. And then I sit with that. We stop doing that. We stop spending time with Him. We stop going to meetings. We stop calling our sponsor, connecting with other people and community, stop going to church or whatever that is. And we can, we get consumed in this space because we don't want to deal with our own emotions we start focusing on other people's emotions, and now we're kind of we're we're beginning that slippery slope. That second stage is we find ourselves in the mental stage. This is where we start getting confused, right? The more we separate from doing the right things emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually, even physically, our mental state gets in the stage two, gets a little bit off, and we find our place in a place of confusion because the further we get away from God, the more confused we get, and we start fantasizing about the old days of remembering, kind of fondly remembering our using days or our old strategies to succeed succeed and and get by in life, whatever that is for you. Sometimes it is substances. Sometimes it's pornography. Sometimes it's codependency or control or defensiveness or withdrawing in conflict, shutting people down, sharp with our tongue, with our words. Uh, You fill in the blank, perfectionism. And then we get in this place of kind of planning to use. We, we kind of get uh, um, these cravings back. And, and here's the big one in the mental stage. We start to minimize our consequences. The way I used to act, my old action tendencies weren't that bad. Yes, they affected other people, but they weren't that bad. And we're on the brink of compromise. The mental, see how the the emotional bottling of my emotions, now my mental state is in this place of confusion and compromise, and now I'm into the actual execution of the relapse, and that's stage three, the physical 
and that's where catastrophe strikes. So we we see the relapse often, and we think, well, I just relapsed. No, there is a process. There, there is a a um, flow to this that takes us to the finale of the actual event that that happened a while back. That's why it's so good to kind of evaluate if you're in the middle of a relapse. What emotions have you been bottling up? Where did you start to get complacent and comfortable? Where did you start uh, getting confused and and started kind of ruminating on some unhealthy things and making compromises and started planning your relapse and some things that you were doing that ultimately led to a catastrophe? Uh, I love 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Test everything that is said to be sure it is true, and if it is, then accept it. The cool thing is we can accept what is true, but we can also reject what is untrue, what is a lie. And that's that's the value when those lies and the temptations come forward, uh, we can immediately combat that and say, is this true? Is that true? And if it's not true, then I can take it back to the Father. That, this is why principle seven is so essential for our, it's not so we can act and smell and look right. It's so that we can be right, that we can be in a good, healthy space to get alone and quiet with the Father. I love Psalm 4610 because it talks about just getting alone with him. Be still and know that I am God. You know that be still in the the deep meaning of that literally means to drop it, to let it go. Whatever it is you're trying to do to manage your lies and your temptation or your recovery, let it go. Stop trying to play God. Now, here's a cool thing. When we talk about the temptation not being um, the sin, it, you haven't sinned by, by experiencing temptation. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, I don't have time to unpack that, but go read it. It'll be help, helpful for you. Maybe that's your quiet time this week. Jesus is in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. He is, he is hungry. He is tired. He is feeling weary, and the enemy is pouncing on him. Fully God, fully man. He is weary and, and he's weak. He's, he's feeling that these uh, vulnerabilities and the enemy's trying to pounce on that. So what does he do? He knows he's hungry. So he says that, you know, you can turn those stones to bread. The second one, he says, you know, you can jump off this cliff and save yourself. If you're really Jesus, you can save yourself. Doesn't that sound familiar? Save yourself, principle one, realize I'm not God. Jesus has the power to save himself in this scenario, but he knew that wasn't God's plan. He had to follow God's plan in this mission, fully God, fully man. He's modeling for us. You can't save yourself. Follow God's plan. It's always better. But the enemy's trying to attack his vulnerabilities. And the last one that really hit me this week is when he says, you know, you see all this beautiful stuff in front of you. If you'll just worship me, it'll all be yours. Man, that hit me this week thinking about how, how closely connected that is to lust. Lust at the very core is the things that are in front of you. I want to consume and devour it. That is at the core of, of lust. And the enemy is trying to do that to Jesus. You know, you can have all this. Just worship me. And that's in essence what we're doing with lust. We're worshiping the very thing that's in front of us. This will bring life to me. Jesus modeled for us. No, 
every single time. This is the encouragement. This is why principle seven is such a life-giving necessity, not just to practice the look and act and smell right, but a necessity to survival so we can remain standing and not fall to take heed, watch yourself, be careful. Every single uh, challenge the enemy throws at him, he throws the word of God. It's not man can't live by bread alone. Uh, throw yourself off the cliff. It's wrong to test the Lord. Um, you can have all this if you'll worship me. I worship God alone. And those are, if, if you're looking for some language in the midst of temptation, what a cool thing to say. Nope, man does not live on bread alone. This thing, I will be okay. God, feed me, <laughs> sustain me. It is wrong to test the Lord. I'm not going to test you, Lord. Uh, I'm not going to worship anything. This thing in front of me, the enemy's trying to get me to worship. I worship you, and I'm just going to go into a place of worship. Some great language Jesus gives us in that space. But one of the the pictures that I gave in, uh, Friday night, and it's kind of a gross analogy, but it's this picture of a toilet bowl. And if I said right now, hey, take this cup, this empty cup, and go scoop water out of the toilet in your house and take a big sip, you would call me crazy. That's disgusting. But think about the things that the enemy tries to lure us in to feed our mind, our heart, and our body. He tries to tempt us with things that right now it's like, I would never dream of that. But as we get complacent, we start bottling our emotions, uh, we start getting comfortable, we start getting to this place of a mental stage of confusion, and we start making compromises, we start fantasizing about finding the satisfaction of our craving in our heart, we stop doing the things that we know we need to do, we're on the brink of the physical act of acting out, and catastrophe happens, and before we know it, the very thing we said we would never do that sounds disgusting or that we don't want to go back to, the enemy makes attractive. You know, it wasn't that bad. Just take a sip. And so you you dip that cup in that toilet bowl, and before you know it, you're getting close to the fire, and you're taking a sip of toilet water. Now, that sounds disgusting, but I want you to just let that hit your body for a second. That's what the enemy does. What seems disgusting and vile to our, our heart, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, we start to make compromises. And that is the enemy's playground. Start making compromises. But if we can go to the lit, there is another option. We don't have to drink from that toilet bowl. We can go drink from the living water and he will satisfy our every need that we need to be able to walk in the newness of life. He will do that. He can do that for us in our recovery if we'll just turn to him and we don't have to drink from that toilet bowl. So reserving that time, getting alone with him. Uh, spending time with him. All those things are an effort so that we can walk in that newness of life. And I love Philippians 4, really 6 and 7, but specifically uh, 7 talks about if you do this, if you go to him, if you present these requests, if you present these lies and these temptations to him and to the body of Christ, you will experience God's peace, the scripture says, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. And I would add far more wonderful than anything the enemy will try to tempt you with to try to satisfy the cravings. His peace will keep your thought and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ 
Jesus, then we can begin to, to keep walking in that newness of life and we can start enjoying his growth to be joyful always, as First Thessalonians 5.16 says, to learn how to pray at all times when those lies come up, when the temptations come to it, come in, to, to invite others in that, to be thankful in all circumstances, adding gratitude to our list on a, a daily rhythm. That's what God wants for you in your life in union with Christ Jesus so that you'll be able to be, uh, have sustainable recovery, to remain standing and not fall into the pit that the enemy is trying to lure you into. So I hope that brings you some encouragement Remember, we're either working on a recovery or we're working on a relapse. And the working means we're trusting, we're leaning into him. We're inviting him into this space so that we can watch ourselves, be careful and not buy into the lies of the enemy's um, kind of knockoffs to, to satisfy the cravings of our heart. It's really our heart saying, I need Jesus. That's how we're wired. And I need connection with other believers. That's how we're wired. Uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. I firmly believe that. We're learning how, how to walk in this newness of life and, and not drink from those old toilet bowl, whatever your toilet bowl is, perfectionism, people-pleasing, control, anger, rage, uh, low self-esteem, insecurities, and yes, pornography, sexual addiction, uh, drug, drugs, alcohol, whatever that is. Whatever your toilet bowl is, those lapsing into old behaviors that were killing and destroying and stealing the fruit that God has for you. Uh, don't let the enemy lure you back in that. It is an option, relapse, but it's not mandatory. It's not required. There is another way in the living water and Christ can give that to you. So uh, just uh, wanted to have that conversation just to give you some more tools to, to help you in this journey we call recovery. And the enemy is ruthless. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his whole life mission. Don't you dare let him win in that mission. And don't you dare try to do this alone. You can't do this alone. You need Jesus. You need the body of Christ. And that's why we're here. This is why we have Celebrate Recovery, so that we can learn how to walk in a new way of living, to, to practice principle seven, so that God won't waste the hurts and we can learn to gain the power. We don't have to be addicted to striving. We want to be addicted to trusting Jesus so that we can gain the power as principle seven says, gain the power to follow his will. And I pray that you'll do that in your life. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. I hope it's been an encouragement. I uh, hope that you will join me next time. Until then, God bless.